in the darkest corners of the podcast dungeon, you have come across another goddamn horror podcast. With Graham Faye, Jonas Barnes, and Ryan. Welcome to yet another episode of another goddamn horror podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts. I am Ryan Danley, coming from a beautiful uh, January, as we call it here in Portland, which is it has cooled down now and it's all rainy Um, day. It's uh, pretty good here. Um, With me, as always, is the uh, the marvelous Jonas Barnes. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Over here in Bushwick, as always, and. uh... Yeah, it finally cooled down today. We had that really disgusting, like, why does this feel like New Orleans and Florida type of humidity for the last couple of days? So today it finally chilled out. And yeah, it's like my perfect, it's my perfect gloomy day. Like it looks like a Tim Burton movie outside. And that is my favorite shit in the world. Like It just, it looks very somber outside and I'm very okay with that. It's my favorite. Do you think it's a high pressure system? I have no idea what that even means. I don't so think I, really I don't. I don't, I, I don't. I don't think any of us do. It's like it's like honestly, it's like the permanent press cycle on my um, watching machine. Like I have or dryer. I have like no idea what the fuck <laughs> that means. But uh, clearly, it's important to people because they put it on everyone. But I've been hearing high pressure system my whole life, and I'm just like, yeah, oh my god, that sounds crazy. Um, I think so, that's. I think that's a meteorologist stalling tactic, like a stand-up comic that's standing on the stage. It's like so. Uh, we're uh, gonna talk about tonight, guys. So how's everybody doing? Um, okay, Who's in else? a relationship? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, oh, okay. What else? Um, and coming coming from the other side of Brooklyn, we have the well. If Jonas is mar- marvelous, I would say that Graham is illustrious. Illustrious, that's his word, right? Cool, I like that one. Yeah, the illustrious get Graham Faye. What's up, man? Uh, not a lot. Um, I uh, si- since I I'm fully vaxxed now, I can leave the apartment to have cigarettes. So I ca- I'm starting to kind of miss hanging out the window over the garbage. Uh, out like like a '50s housewife, sort of smoking out the window. Um, there, so I'm. All- there is something beautifully atmospheric to just like hanging out outside the uh, out the window. Uh, Graham has frozen up a little bit, so I think we're just going to move on and uh, let him come back in in a second. Um, it's actually so- probably because he said that he got the vaccination so that he could smoke better, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that that's funny. And because he really he's is. frozen, that's why I'm talking shit right now. It's just that's, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we have amazing guests today, and we'll still we'll, um, um, we'll go away from our, I mean, I think we should just next time just start an entire weather forecast. Um, <laughs> but um, but until then, we have an, uh, an amazing guest, um, amazing pair of guests here. Uh, we have uh, Pat Mills and Allison Richards. Both are part of the excellent movie that um, is just coming out. It's streaming on, I think I watched it on Prime last night. Uh, the Retreat. Welcome. How are y'all? Yeah. Great. Thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for being here. Um, so we are huge fans of the movie Retreat. Um, it is um, um, one of a kind, really. Like, it's really like, um, I don't, like, it's like, it's like so like, um, anyways, would you like to give like a little like uh, like trailer for the retreat for any of our listeners who haven't seen it? Yeah, so it's uh, it's about a lesbian couple who go away for a weekend away. And uh, when they get there, they, they arrive at a cabin in the woods to hang out with some friends. They get there, their friends are nowhere to be found and they find out that they're being hunted by a group of militant killers uh, determined to exterminate them. Hmm. Um, and boy, I tell you, if there isn't like, like, if it doesn't go like right to it, like right away, like the action just really like kicks in right away. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a really great movie if uh, we are probably going to spoil parts of it now. So if you are watching uh, or you listening to the show and you um, don't want anything spoiled, I would say suggest stopping right here. 
and um, going and watching yeah, it. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would definitely say pause it because I mean it's kind of like I was the one that actually suggested it to you guys if I remember correctly because I yeah. was um, yeah because yeah, I watched it. I like usually what I do is I'll go through like different movies that are coming out and I'll see which ones are streaming and I'll see like you know I actually tend to go for the ones that I didn't see a trailer of before. Like, because maybe it just didn't get the, you know, didn't get the eyes that it needed to or whatever. But always, I usually go for the ones that just caught me off guard or whatever. And this one, I mean, wow. I, it was hard for me to explain it because, like, I didn't, it's hard to, it, I didn't want to put it, like, in a box. So kind of the best way that I explained it is it felt a little bit like a Pride Month version of High Tension. Mm-hmm. And... I, I I think that painted the picture well. <laughs> I, love, I, love, I love that. I wish uh, I want to go again and just describe it like that. Can we? <laughs> so yeah, it, um, it, it, it was it was one of those movies that like definitely by the end of the movie, um, it did something that I think horror movies don't do enough is it actually made me feel real emotions. Like, you know, whether I wasn't it's like not like horror movies do scare people, of course, but like, man. Um, I felt anger. I felt relief. I felt all sorts of things. <laughs> like at the end of it, it was just like, oh, I actually feel things. And like, I don't even smoke, but I feel like I need to have a cigarette now. Like, this <laughs> right. is, right. It had that. Awesome. You could smoke above the gar- garbage too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm back. Sorry. That's all right, man. Um, we actually, so we actually said that you froze because it was hilarious that you got vaccinations so that you could smoke better. Like, and then, and then, yeah. then the world was just like, we're going to fucking put you on pause for a second. Yeah. Like, so, so Allison, yeah, I deserved it. So Allison, how did, how did, how did the, um, how did, how did the uh, idea for the script come, uh, come about? I mean, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a very cathartic movie. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's, it's a, uh, there's a vengeance uh, aspect to the movie, and that's uh, cathartic in general. And uh, I, you know, at least for for me, maybe I'm crazy. But um, but how did it all <laughs> how did it all come together? Yeah. So uh, uh, a few years back, my uh, now wife and I were um, went away for a weekend. We rented this place. It was you know like this really beautiful kind of cabin in the middle of nowhere, picturesque, serene. And we got there and we never saw our hosts, uh, but we had this feeling that we were being watched. And so kind of shrugged it off, uh, went for a walk um, and came back and there was like little notes for us. And basically every time we would leave the cabin, somebody would be there. And, you know, in in many ways it was kind of nice because they were like replacing the towels or leaving us a gift basket, but it was also super creepy because Mm -hmm. we just were aware that like, you know, someone was there and it was just super uncomfortable. And so as women, especially as queer women, we, you know, I became sort of hyper aware about just how vulnerable we actually were, because we literally were in the middle of nowhere. And uh, ultimately, anything could happen. And this was kind of my worst case imagination of like, who are these people that we're never seeing? And, you know, you never really know with any kind of rental, you might see the smiling faces of people that you, you know, on the profile, but you don't know who's actually behind it. So that was kind of the idea for the for the plot. Uh, do you have a do you, um, do you have a history of of writing this type of uh, story of, of this type of uh, narrative? You know, is this uh, part of a bigger uh, pro uh, what's the word a profile or uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, so so Pat so Pat and I actually met in high school. We go way back, and we uh, have been you know big movie fans, big horror movie fans. We'd skip school mm-hmm. and watch movies together, and so. Uh, we kind of always talked about making a horror movie and my, you know, I don't want to say that I approach every scenario like, oh, what's the worst that could happen here? But just that active imagination of like, you know, and so, um, uh, yeah, and it usually stems from real life experiences of like, it's this and something's a little bit off and I like to imagine it in my mind of like, what, where, where, where would this go <laughs> in the absolute worst place? Right. <laughs> so I guess that's a history of being, you know, dark and creepy. I don't know. No, I get it. I get it. Um, there's just really, some, I don't know. Oh, go ahead. There's just something about like, I've always lived in like, you know, like, well, I lived rurally as a kid 
and I've but as I got older I've always lived like in the city and like always kind of in the thick of it and I am never afraid in the city but I was terrified as a child like just the vulnerability of being in, in places that are dark and with lack of people and I don't, I don't know so I think it's like there's a really end and then you add vulnerable classes of people to it it's yeah it's 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 got to be absolutely terrifying so um you really and this movie really taps into that very well because uh when you say it's the worst case scenario like you ain't kidding like uh the, the, <laughs> what, what you played out in this movie is 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 uh is uh you you made me hate these people so so much that i better yeah. not run into them on the street <laughs> the actors yeah. well you guys probably you, you probably covered this while i was uh you know missing but first of all that movie was awesome it, it took me by surprise i didn't know what to expect jonas was like hey you gotta check this out it's a it's basically it starts out as like basic thrasher kind of cabin in the woods and it, it's a it's couples with like a little tension go to a secluded area that's a very common horror mm -hmm. setup um, and then he was like, it's LGBTQ. And usually for the, me, that means, you know, the emphasis is like, well, their relationships are queer. Uh, and then this horror happens to them where this felt very much like the, their relationships were, were very universal. And it didn't feel like that was like the point. It was the horror that was very LGBTQ mm -hmm. specific, right. uh, which I thought was a really cool flip. Like, uh, because it's usually just like horror happening to gay characters instead of sort of gay horror. I don't know how to say it, but you know, it was no, great. You're yeah, I, that's what I got out of it too. It, like, it kind of felt like a homophobic subreddit thread came to life, like, you know, <laughs> just like, and then gave them guns too. It's like, oh no, and it's the second of Men One One Two. Fuck, like they came together. <laughs> I, I feel like I feel like you should just write all the quotes for the DVD box. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, that's, thank you. That's, that's awesome to hear that that's what you got out of it. Cause that's definitely what we were going for. And like what Pat and I talked about a lot is we wanted to make it really grounded and have it sort of be like, feel like it's, you know, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, it's, it's something that like, it doesn't feel that far from stuff that's happening, you know, and we want to have a really grounded, uh, representation of queer characters, like just people who are people who have their own shit and their own problems yeah. and, you know, and not, and, and kind of make them real and three-dimensional and on our cast, um, Tommy and Sarah really helped bring so much to those characters and gave them sort of authenticity and really, you know, helped elevate it and make them feel like, you know, they really embodied it and 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 I think made those characters feel very real, which which is great. And I find that like that genre, like the slasher genre exploitation revenge movie is I find that a lot of the characters, particularly the female characters, aren't that developed and they're just there to look good. That's at mm -hmm. least the problematic Agreed. history of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we get violence towards them. And there's yep. just something a bit problematic about that. And th those haven't aged that well. And I think what Alice was talking about is like, let's just treat them as real women in a real relationship that's not exploitive. And, you know, we didn't want to show nudity for the sake of it, you know, to appeal to certain audience members. Uh, and I think that the whole, like the violence being so homophobic is, is it makes the revenge component more satisfying. hundred <laughs> percent. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. 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 So that was really one of the reasons why, like, I was excited about doing this movie. Allison's idea was really great about the movie and, and, you know, Allison, I think that right before we shot it or close to, we shot it, Allison saw the movie Revenge at TIFF. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. really inspired her because it, it, it like that movie is so amazing because it frames it like you're watching it it's like the male gaze but then it flips it and it's really a woman's gaze on how men see this woman and she becomes this like super hero like she-ra kind of yeah thing, right? yeah we're all big fans of, of that movie yeah <laughs> so good yeah, I love the thing I love about that movie too is that it's got like this like bubblegum pink color palette. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Like, and it's 100%. so violent, but it's so girly and like the sunglasses know, and everything and the poster yeah. are perfect. Yeah, yeah. It, it's such a like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So and for you guys, did you guys hear the story about them that they actually had to they had to stop production to get more blood 
because of how much shit. And this is like, I am not even remotely shitting you. Like on that final scene of that movie, that third, that third act of revenge um, in the house, they use so much blood that they literally had to just stop and be like, we actually ran out and this guy has not gotten enough. So we need to get more blood. <laughs> like, okay. yeah, well, there's like, there's like, yeah, there's a lot of blood in that. He's slipping around on it. It's amazing. <laughs> so it was realistic. It was realistic blood. Minutes. That's what was cool about it. Yeah. <laughs> what were you saying, Pat? Oh, I just feel like the, the amount of blood in that movie is like, it's so, it's such a movie because with those wounds, they would have been dead within a minute. <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah. We won't even limp. We'll just chase each other around that glass house or whatever. Anyway, love yeah. it. Uh, one of my, um, I think my favorite part of Revenge, though, is how they, they dealt with a sexual assault because, um, because rather than like spit on your grave or any of those classic exploitation movies, which sort of like, there is a lot of like, I don't want to say glorification, but of like, it's still, there's still uh, a lot of like exploiting it. And it's still definitely like part of that, whether they're the antagonists are viewed as antagonists or not, it's still glorifying it to a certain extent in revenge where they were able to, um, cause I hate watching those scenes in movies. It's just not something that I'm interested in. Um, yeah, but they do it in that movie and they make it so pathetic and so cowardly and so lame, just like it, like it should be Like, you know what I mean? And I really like the way they handled that in that movie. Like it was like, so 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 pathetic and um and then you know and then and then the made the the her brutal awesome slaughter fest just all that much better <laughs> so, um, totally <laughs> so pat you get the you get the script and um and you want to like like what like because the tone is very like specific in the movie it's got um it does have a um sort of a survival horror aspect like uh like green room or you know like that sort of like sort of like cut and dry, the hunt like, the hunt exactly like things that are like really like specific is that was that like was that was your vision when you first uh read it yeah i mean allison and i have been developed had been developing this for a really long time so it was really a, a lot of the script came out of like conversations that we would have talking about being queer people going into the rural spaces and not really feeling comfortable. Like the gas station scene is like a microcosm of toxic masculinity. Sure. And like, sorry, I lost my voice. Um, and so one of the things that was interesting was one of the conversations that we kept having was tone. And, you know, when we tell people about the movie, uh, people would have an expectation because it was inherently queer that it would be comedic. And it was sort of, it's an interesting thing to battle up against where people, you know, when you say it's queer or gay conned LGBTQ plus, they make an assumption that it might be a little campy. And so that's why when we were talking about the project, we really like emphasized how grounded it would be. And mm -hmm. in the approach of the film like there's there's comedic moments in it absolutely but it it it's not a comedy and i think right. that a lot of people were expecting it to be um when we before we made it and then yeah it's just it's an interesting thing to battle up against when you're you know trying to get a film financed and people have expectations of what it is based on you know who you are yeah i didn't even think about that that's right though like because it's not campy at all you know and and camp is is very often uh, thought of that. But uh, I, I want to, you, before this, you made Christmas movies and comedies, right? Yeah. Like, this is your first horror? This is my first horror film. Because that's really impressive, the pivot or whatever from a Christmas movie. And I saw, I didn't see Guidance, but it looks fantastic. I, oh, I watched great. the trailer earlier. I'm going to watch that. That looks great. Uh, but yeah, the pivot into just how well done. And it, it just seemed like it, it was not your first horror movie at all. Oh, well, it seemed you. like you had a pretty good foot we had, in it. We had a great crew. It was like super low budget, but it's like, I can't take all the credit for it. I mean, Allison had a great script, great producer. Uh, you know, it all kind of came together. Or uh, The thing that I find interesting, just in terms of doing the Christmas movie that I did before, it was like the first Lifetime Queer Christmas movie. And people really responded to how there was no trauma about them being gay. And it was like a, like a boxes checked Christmas movie. It was everything fit into this perfect little corporate lifetime box. And it had the feel good moments and nothing was really different about it, except that they happened to be gay. 
And people really responded to the fact that there was no trauma and people had problems with the Clea Duvall film, uh, Happiest Season, which I personally loved, but people were like, oh, it's about trauma and coming out. And people didn't like that one. And I find I it, love that movie. I thought it was yeah, cool. it's a great yeah. movie. And then with this with this slasher, it's an interesting thing. So I'm like, oh, I'm doing the complete opposite now. It's like this movie is exploiting queer <laughs> trauma, and but people are still responding to it and like empowered by it in a different way, you know. And and I think that in, in the genres are obviously different, um, and the expectations are different. But I, it's like we could have made the the lead characters gay and then you know the violence that 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 occurred to them not necessarily tied to their sexuality but i really do feel like the the revenge part of it wouldn't feel like as kick-ass because nobody likes a bearded homophobe do you know what i mean (laughs) 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 that's you know one thing one thing i had to mention like when i watch the movie like sometimes when i watch certain horror films like i'll watch I freely admit that I watch certain horror films to get certain things out of said movie. So like, obviously I'll go to a Saw movie or a Hostel movie specifically for the violence to see how they film it. And like, you know, that's what you're getting out of those movies. I don't think anybody goes to a Saw movie to, you know, start talking about the characters and shit. Like it has nothing to do with that, you know, but when I watched, when I went to go watch this movie, I, I saw like the breakdown of what it was and I saw the story and I immediately went to it for the story because one thing that I like about horror as a genre is that you can take things that are based in reality and turn them up to a thousand. And as soon as I saw like the story breakdown of this, I was like, oh, that seems like what this is going to be. But then when I watched it, like that whole turning up to a thousand aspect, um, Yes, but also it felt very based in potential reality, which made it so much more terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like a million times it, more terrifying. <laughs> it really did because like as I'm watching it happen, I'm like, oh fuck, this could really happen. Like and I'm coming at it from, you know, the outside looking in as a straight white dude. You know, so I'm watching it from that aspect to it and like it really actually like hit me that oh shit, like this really, really could happen and that was scary as hell like and it was kind of again you know i'm coming to it from a different perspective so it actually like as that person it hit me fucking hard um and i think that kind of is a thing to champion with the movie because if it makes you know somebody from an with an outside perspective feel something like that like you've really done a thing you know and the way that you directed it like the lighting um everything that you did with the directing on it was extremely impressive um just like the way that the scenes were filmed but especially the lighting the lighting and like the use of shadows and the use of silhouettes and everything man i i've got to give you credit for that man like you really really like hit a home run on that well all thanks to david sherman our amazing cinematographer who's like super talented and also super chill so yeah, nice. it, was awesome. <laughs> it was a very challenging shoot and just having somebody in a lead role like a cinematographer being like working really hard super talented able to like make something look good with a small budget but also being like a really like chill person really, yeah. really helped because we battled up against weather we basically got every season while we were shooting um so yeah, no, I, I'm I'm happy you you said that because I'm quite happy with the cinematography too, and and a lot of it's very dark, and that was sort of on purpose because I remember when I was a kid watching horror movies, like part of the thing is like I'm fucking terrified because I can't see what's going on, and I'm like my brain feeling yes, you know, like a worse way. So yes, I think that's what definitely kept me on edge the whole time. It's like a little dark. And I even said so. I was like, this is kind of dark to my wife. And, she, and we were both like, I'm a little worried about what's in the shadows. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's, it's funny. Like the more as like slashers got more corporate and the budgets got bigger, I found that they started to look more like Steven Spielberg-y mm-hmm. and a little too per- perfect and well lit. And then it just feels like it's set and it doesn't feel real and grounded. And the thing, 
that sure. I found so terrifying about horror movies when I was growing up is they were like grainy and dirty and snuff filmish, you know, like they felt real because they didn't have that movie Hollywood sheen. Uh, yeah. 1000% agree. Yep. Yeah. So that that was a big thing that we talked about um in, you know, making the film. I mean, like I think part of like the fear of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre was like it just didn't seem like it didn't seem like like it was done in the safe environment. It felt it felt it felt vulnerable, you know, in the fact that it was just just in the way it filmed it. and I, I um and, and and I totally get that from from this film too. Um, I particularly like, and um, and I wonder if this was how this was in the script or whatever was when they look at the um, when they look at the video screens and they see all that like Reddit comment like alternative. Li- I hope they like their alternative lifestyle. I thought that was like such a good like cherry on the top of it because it really like brought home the like it isn't just these disgusting fools that there's like this like we like there's like a sick society out here that like that has has who relishes in cruelty and i think that you know it's so important for for you know like you know the medium to have like these sorts of things that i'm a you know a political person myself and like when i see those things in like on, on in stages that they're not but like I, I, it's such an important important role to have um do you think that you're going to be doing more of this sort of thing with the both of you to working together or do you how do you yeah, I mean, well, just just to answer, just to talk, touch on what you just talked about with the stuff on the screen. Like one of the things, and Pat, I were talking about this this recently with you know some folks we've been talking about about this movie as it's being released. Like one of the things I'm so happy to not have to do anymore is like, like my own imagination is dark, but I can live with that. But it was the research that I had to do when I was writing this script of like going into some of those Reddit chat rooms and just like some of that stuff, which was just the. Um, so it's a lot of it is really taken from you're right like it's it's taken from stuff that's uh, uh that's out there which is really um terrifying yeah that scene in particular it was such a stomach like drop like you could just feel like that just you could feel that you're like oh that's everywhere in society <laughs> shit <laughs> I feel like you probably could have just signed up for a parlor account for like two days. And you probably would have just been like, there's the entire, that we wrote our villains. They're right there. Yeah. <laughs> this shit writes itself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't even, have to, have, just, like, wouldn't even have to write a script. Put the parlor logo in that scene on the screen. And then <laughs> yeah. That comedy that everybody wanted, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, when um, I was, uh, when I was, re- when I was watching the movie, I had a question here about the villains. Um, like the villains were super well done as far as like how they were written and like they weren't so over the top that it felt campy but they were also like their aggressiveness was turned up to you know such a high degree um was that something that like were you when you wrote those villains or when you like really thought about the you know those villains was it something that you were going for over the top or were you trying to keep it grounded It's interesting because I think that, uh, I mean, we're sort of trying to find the right balance of them feeling grounded, but also being, you know, movie villains that justified the ending, you know, so mm-hmm. it sort of needed to to find that fine line. We also didn't want to make them too much of the, you know, the other thing that I found in, in, in Pat and I've talked about this too, like, you know, oftentimes with some of the stuff that's going on in the world, it's not the people that look like, oh, it's not that, you know, it's like the person who's wearing the khaki pants and the golf shirt who's yeah. the fine one. So that's kind of the represented by the Aaron Ashmore character. Mm-hmm. So we're sort of trying to, trying to balance a couple of those things. Pat, would you anything to add on that? Yeah, well, exactly. It's like, there's some certain things like, they could have we could have approached them in a totally different way and like kind of made a joke of them because they're kind of like they dress up in like bullshit camo paintball yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put on these scary masks and we could have like we could have actually made a big joke about them but we i think that it was a better off for this film is just to like let them try and feel real and again it's like when villains are too villain villainous and too big they just they just make you realize you're watching a movie and i think that sometimes it just kind of takes you out 
So I think I that's, that's good because that's the reason I. Uh, I was just going to say that's the reason I asked you guys because you hit the tone perfect. So I'm glad you guys answered that way because the tone that you hit was perfect on it. I mean, they did kind of look like Dick Sporting Goods mannequins come to life, but like that's okay. But I kind of feel like they would. And that's kind of like that's the exactly. Yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, like that's what we're seeing in, in, you know, in, when they're like taking over capitals and they're like doing all that stuff. They're all yeah. in. They look yeah. pathetic the way they, they, they dress. They, well, right. They're wearing <laughs> shitty camo. They're wearing right. shitty camo right. and like not even pandemic approved masks. Like they're just right. terrible. <laughs> totally. The other, the other thing too was um, like, I really wanted to make sure that there was a woman in there as well. Cause I think it does become this sort of idea that it's just, you know, men that are out there doing this stuff. But if you look at any of these movements there's a bunch of women involved in it too so that's mm -hmm. sort of where the lena character came yeah, in that's what i was gonna ask yeah that was sort of a good red herring like oh maybe she can help you know <laughs> and then <laughs> oh no she's just as deep if not deeper um yeah. <laughs> i really love the uh, uh i think it was uh, sarah allen valerie that character just uh the scene when everything's sort of being exposed and you're finding out and then uh renee you know freezer and stuff and she just goes right to work like, no, like she just starts finding shit to like do something. Mm -hmm. And I love that so much. That felt like such a Ripley uh, uh, move from Alien, you know? Like, <laughs> so I immediately, like, she was my favorite character. I was like, yeah, she's going to get shit done. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. Well, yeah, we tried to make it so that it was like, you know, a balance of both of them being active. So it wasn't just one of them kind of dragging the other one along, you know? Right, right. So that's, uh, well, it was sort of, I, I sort of saw it like Renee sort of like opened up the like, like she was the, 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 uh, uh, what the impetus for, for the escape. And then sort of Val was the one that like kind of helped like charge through like the business side of it. It was, it was really cool. I love their relationship and how they worked together out. It was great. Yeah. And I think that like that was the theme of the movie is like two women working together, not working against each other to like, you know, yeah, done so end, well, yeah. You know, and the thing that I love about Val is she's more of like Renee is the more aggressive character in a way, but Val is the one who like she's the one who uses the axe and saves Renee. She's the yeah. one who uses the gun and saves Renee again. Like it's she's like the character that you wouldn't expect to be the one who actually, you know, saves her girlfriend twice, but she does because I think that there's something about you know, the way that she played it, she's a bit vulnerable and she's interested in the relationship and you could see her being a bit more passive, but she kicks ass. I love that. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you also got great performances out of, um, it's, it's Connor and, and what was the other? Um, Connor and Scott, yeah. Connor and Scott, you got, you got two great, um, great performances out of them because I, I mean, I have to tell you, like it was, it was, it was, challenging like for all the good we're talking it was challenging to watch those scenes um because right. because they were because they were able to pull pull that off um from a very very real place and i mean to the point where i just like kind of had to like be like okay i get i can like i know this is like i know there's gonna be there's gonna be some comeuppance <laughs> soon but mm -hmm. uh but it was really still hard to watch both those scenes to it and especially with the uh uh, with the glee by uh, Degrassi. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, you know, that was that was that was hard to watch. Um, how how was it filming that? Where 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 do actors go to pull that? Out? You know what I mean? Because like, because it was literally like gutting to watch. Literally. Well, it's interesting. I'm I'm very proud of all the performances that we got uh, in the film, and all actors are different. And like some people, when you yell, when you call cut, they laugh. Others are like, they just stay there because that's their process. Right. So it, it makes it very challenging to manage a set where you're like trying to keep the actors where they need to be. But I mean, everybody in the movie is so good. I think it like they all work differently. I mean, Chad was in the Christmas movie I made and he's a great actor and you know, we were in an actual barn. It was really uncomfortable. All those scenes in the garage are, you know, were very uncomfortable for Tommy. And I think that she just used it all to and make it feel real. Like we were all cold and cramped up and uncomfortable in that garage right with her. 
and you know i think that one of the one of the one of the, one of the things that i allison and i talked about is we didn't want to be so blatant and exploitive with the violence against the queer people in the movie and you know the sound design kind of takes over the deaths of connor and scott mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we don't really see any any impact of anything which is sort of a standard in the genre like you need to deliver but i thought it was more powerful to deliver on you know we want to see those bad guys get it we want to see like <laughs> right. snatch in the, the throat slit of the bad guys not our good queer characters <laughs> i'm poltergeist and i make inappropriate songs about horror movies so basically i just came to see some naked d's and a's for free take a peek Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead, you can wake up in the coroner's bed. This is the hour for mourning and dread. Drain on the blood that was stored in his head. All of the apologies that you can muster from your dread won't protect you on your bed. Nothing will from pumpkin head. Not a dream, baby. They say Halloween, baby. When I'm on the scene, this is what we call a scream, baby. Subscribe on YouTube at Poltergeist OD. Follow me on Instagram in the slasher app at Poltergeist underscore OD. Exactly. I, I, no, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's I, I, not wrong at all. 100 percent agree. Yeah. And I mean, and I love it when a movie can bring me to to like not wanting to like it, when it brings me to a place where I'm like I don't think I can even deal with this. And if there's not you know, some come up and I'm going to be really mad at this movie. So the farther it can take me and then, you know, bring me back and have a satisfying ending, the more I love it. And boy, you, you got me right to the edge. (laughs) And I think also it it speaks a lot to like, if you can film something or create something that has the same impact without necessarily showing everything. Like one of my favorite movies in the horror genre is the movie Frailty. Oh yeah, and and you never see you never see any actual death, but you see what happens right before, and you hear the impact, and like you all those things, but you're drawn right into it. And you guys did a lot of that with what you did in the movie too, so like you felt everything. But then when the bad guys got it, that was kind of like the the release of the pressure, and yeah. it felt so good. Like you know by that time. But you really felt everything that happened to the queer characters. Whereas when the guys got it, that was more of like the fuck yeah, fuck you guys. You know, like it was yeah. it was the it was the joyous feeling of the death. It was the catharsis, yeah. <laughs> Very much, yeah. I, I do yeah. I do I do have to ask one thing, Allison. When in the when in the writing process did you decide to make truck nuts guys good guys? it's like it's such a a cherry on the top of the whole film i kind of feel like that was an early on decision again it was that idea of trying to kind of go against the grain of like it's often not i think people get miss you know it's that idea of like oh if that person looks a certain way people judge them and again it typically what's been happening lately it's like it's usually not the people that are you know that you should quote be scared of it's the people who look really normal that are the right, ones that are sure. terrible ones so yeah. i think that's what we we're you know that that was the that was the the idea behind that it was oh. super weird to root for truck nuts <laughs> at, the, at the end there <laughs> be like super happy like all right yeah because they show up and i'm like oh no this is all over again we're gonna start this over no yeah. it was great i love rooting for truck nuts now <laughs> amazing also i feel like uh you know truck nuts are just such a it's like once you, I don't know, there was this idea of it, and then it was really hard to not have it in the movie. Once they, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have, a, I, I actually spent a lot of time thinking about truck nuts for some reason. Like, I, it's just like one of those things that just like, like, like a, like somebody, like, did they somebody model them or, or like, 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 how did that come up? I also like that they come in different colors. So like, when you like go buy them, you have to decide which color like represents you the most like am i more of a 
I'm a more a yellow summer, you know what I mean? Truck that sky, <laughs> or am I, or am I more of a winter? Um, but uh, you know, so it's it's just like one of those weird weird choices of of, of this. <laughs> so good. So I was glad to see it in the movie because it was just like. Um, I also I also like that you kept the tension until right to the end. So you like, yeah. because I because I didn't know if they were getting in a truck and it was just going to be more. You know what I mean? Like um, and so that kind of kept it alive. But like sort of like oddly, the truck nuts like freed us from like like when we saw the truck nuts, we were like, oh okay, everything's fine now. So for whatever <laughs> for whatever reason, they were the key to the to the, uh, to the, to the release. Yeah. There was there was sort of like one like the two kind of things that we really wanted to not do is like it was like really important that they both live like both of the women live and that they didn't turn on each other those were the two things that yeah consistent and it's funny how many times we got the note from people like oh this is really great but you know it'd be super cool if there was a twist and one of them is actually and it was just like nope. No, I was so way. happy it didn't go that way. Yeah. <laughs> I think that I think that only works if it's that that type of a thing only works for me as a horror fan if it's introduced early on and it's a part of the story. Because yeah. like there was another movie that I think there was another movie that was queer focused that was called um, What Keeps You Alive. And that was one where that twist aspect of it was introduced very early on. And it was like, oh, fuck, this is the story. It wasn't at all what I thought it was. Now it's this. But like if that would have went to the very end and that would have been the twist, that would have sank that entire thing. So I'm very happy you guys didn't do that. I'm very happy that you guys kept it the way that you did because them surviving is, it also speaks so much more to the powerful aspect of it, you know? And I I love that. I love what you guys did just with the tone of it and everything, especially with those two characters. And it's just, it's so nice to be able to just root for somebody just straight up like here's what they want to do here's where they need to go i want them to do that like i don't want twists all the time i love twists i love you know but just give me a good straightaway story that i can root for and ah it was so satisfying i agree i i love a simple well executed Mm -hmm. story that doesn't have all of the like magic and that all those twists and all those like you know, the Hollywood sparkle that they feel like they need. And it's like, no, people get involved in characters and you just want to take an audience through an experience. And it doesn't have to have, you know, the high tension. Oh, she's just a crazy lesbian. She's like a murderer, you know, which Alice and I spoke about constantly making this movie that for us as queer people, it was like a slap in the face because it's like, oh shit, we finally have a protagonist that we can follow and she's amazing and she's representing us. And then all of a sudden she's the, she's the serial killer. <laughs> it was like the shit, like, and I think that that was one of those horror movies that probably was really successful and very well done, but it probably started that trend, you know? Right. And I think that movie also is a phenomenal movie right until the end. Like, yeah. and that's, and that fucks the whole thing up, which, totally. you know, like when I, when I said earlier on, it's like a pride month, pride month version of high tension. It's because the movie itself, the high tension, like literally 99.9% of it. Fantastic. And then that happens. And it's just, what did you do? Why did you do this? <laughs> blame the French. Uh, yeah. <laughs> just blame the French. That's what it is. <laughs> Uh, well, I am gonna, I am gonna make my daughter and her girlfriend before they go anywhere sit down and watch this movie. Though, by the way, just, um, just as like a, a survival technique. <laughs> just, just yeah, like, look, out, look out for truck nuts; they're on your side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go for the first. No, uh, I think if you ever, if you ever think about doing merch, you should definitely get uh, tr- sell truck nuts that say the retreat on them. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. I would, I would buy them. Or a minimalist poster, and it's just truck nuts. You could even do like a stress ball version of truck nuts with the retreat logo on it. Oh. Like... I love it. So good. Yeah. So what do you what do you both um, have coming up next? I am writing a zombie movie that's an allegory for a midlife crisis. So it's about like awesome. zombies nice. and a wellness retreat for you know. Uh, suburban moms love it that sounds fantastic that sounds... yeah i already <laughs> love that yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> and I'm just developing television projects right now. One of them's with Allison, and uh, I just directed um, a TV series here in Canada. So I don't have any features that I'm developing right now, but I'm itching to get back to it because it's that's sort of my first love. I will tell you this right now: for your first jaunt into horror. Like you guys knocked it out of the park. So I really, really, really hope that you guys, um, both of you, I hope that you guys are involved in horror stuff going forward because this was, this was as good yeah, of a debut clearly that do genre it. as you could. Yeah. This was as good of a foray into that as you could get. I mean, it's Dang. fantastic. So that's great. Thank you very much. I think you could make a sequel that's just like cathartic from top to bottom where they just. They just find all those people, like they get um, like some some computer or something or other, and they <laughs> they find everybody who was part of that, and then they go yeah, they hunt them up. all down. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, and um, they call it, like the reverse hunt. And like, and I could just watch that all day. I could just watch like a for four, sure, like, a, like a, a Snyder cut length of amazing. Of that, of that thing. You could literally <laughs> just call that movie subreddit, and then just go from there. <laughs> That's all you would have to name it. Uh, and the truck knots could just chauffeur them around, you know? Exactly. Sure, yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely. <laughs> so no one's the red, it. <laughs> the red herring could be a guy in an affliction shirt that takes a shot at Jägermeister, and it's just like, oh, fuck, he was the good guy? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we want to do the Sinister Six? Yeah, six questions? The six questions. Yeah. All right, um, I got six questions here. Uh, you can explain your answers. You don't have to. Um, and we'll start with Allison. Uh, Freddy or Jason? Uh, Freddy. All right, Pat, oh. Freddy or Jason? Oh, Jason all the way. All right, me too. <laughs> um, what's the difference between thriller or and horror, Pat? Oh, fuck. That's a good question. Um, horrors keep you up at night. Thrillers entertain you. Right. Oh, I like okay. that one. Allison? So I, that's like the multi-million dollar question. We got asked that so much. Is it, is it a thriller? Is it a horror? Do we call it this? Call it that. So what I heard along the way, which seemed to kind of make sense, is that thriller involves real life and horror involves ghosts or something supernatural. Okay. That's similar, yeah. to, that's similar to what I said. I'm kind of, yeah. You agree with that? Yeah, it's similar to what I said because I said the difference between horror and thriller is the suspension of disbelief. Mm. So if you have to suspend your disbelief, it lends itself more towards horror, whereas thriller feels like it can very much be a more realistic thing, even if it has horror elements. But it feels like that could be a thing that could really happen, you know, as opposed to a horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, but I think personally for me though, I think even some real life stuff like this scenario though, for me, like the Aegon in horror is generally evil, like something that represents yeah. a persistent evil. Where thriller, it can just be like somebody who did something bad, or like, like if you look at like when I think of thriller, I think of like Basic Instinct or Jagged Edge, like those movies from from that, you know, or Fatal Attraction is kind of a thriller, you know, where where like like horror, like I like because I do find that the people in this movie might be sort of realistic, but that doesn't make them any less evil than a ghost, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So that's that's. Yeah, it's funny because I always thought we were making a horror until we were told, no, start talking about it as a thriller. And then it was like, what? Because <laughs> it seems like a horror. That's, you know. I feel it's, like I feel yeah. like it's a horror thriller in the same way that like Seven is. Because like Seven like you're next. very much. Yeah, Seven and like You're Next, they could very much be a horror. But also they're based in enough reality that it kind of has both of those elements to it, which I think is a good thing because that means you've got two distinct audiences that should absolutely fucking love this. So, yeah. but, and, and, you don't, and you don't need to listen to those people. You can just come to our podcast and we'll, well now we know. Now we'll, we straight, know. We'll, 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 we'll straighten the whole thing up. Yeah. Yeah. I think it is straight up a horror movie. Like Sweet. I think, like yeah. I think, I think it's a, I think it's survivalist horror. I think they're trapped someplace. If you replace those, because there's a real life element, but if you replace those with some sort of like monstrous mutant or something, you would have the same exact effect. And like, I, so I guess it's like, I don't know. Like to me, like it's straight up horror, and I don't. 
I wouldn't do that. Okay. Uh, all right. <laughs> Allison, what horror movie influenced your taste the most? Gosh, uh, now I feel like I know how to answer these questions because I feel like <laughs> no. I just, <laughs> the first one I was like long pause, Freddy. Like, now I was like, um, uh, maybe Revenge. I think I think that was great. The Revenge, Shining. I don't know. I feel like it's always so hard to answer with one thing. For sure, um, I'll go with. Doesn't have to be one. No. Yeah. Green Room, Vacancy. Um, oh, Green Room. That's a favorite. Yeah. Green Room's great. Vacancy's uh, awesome. That one. That one's a. Yeah. Uh, that's a deep cut too. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, right. I love Vacancy. Yeah. Pat, I hallucinated. What's the question? <laughs> uh, what horror movie influenced your taste the most? You know what? I think because I watched it when I was I was young. I'm gonna go with like Friday the Thirteenth, just because yeah. that sort of influenced. Um, the way I I like, you know, experience horror in real life, which is all in my imagination. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, okay, and Pat, if you could erase one movie from existence, what would it be? Shallow Hal. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think there's some. I like it. I think. I think that is the best answer that we've got so far. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like, I like that. Uh, Allison? I would say Crash. Which, Which one? one? Which one? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously the one that won the Oscar. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, that's fair. Yeah, I agree with that one. <laughs> Wait, um, which one, it, one. It, it, is Crash with uh, with uh, Kirk Douglas and, uh, and uh, not Kirk Douglas, but it's, uh, with, and he's like, works for the government or whatever. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> There's the Canadian one. Right? Yeah. Like the David Cronenberg? Yeah, the yeah. David Cronenberg one. That one I would keep in the world. It's the other For one. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I would, uh, yeah, there's like a there's like a sexy car wash sex scene in that movie. Yeah, they get it's like yeah. a, <laughs> they were turned on by car crashes or something. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> I think that one yeah, that movie, the only person that you could have cast in that movie it was James Spader, right? Yeah, yep. yeah, it was James yep. Spader. Yeah, like super creepy. Super, <laughs> super creepy. I think I think um, James Spader is like one of the most beautiful like actors of our world. Like he's just like he's for the the roles that they put him in, he there's like he's the only guy who can pull it off. You know what I mean? Oh, like, look like, better in a linen suit smoking a cigarette in a high school hallway. You know what <laughs> I mean? Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Like he was, he was such the like such the bad rich kid at that school. Like he oh, was so perfect. Yeah. Yes. So perfect. That girl will always be trash. So nice. <laughs> <laughs> um Allison, are ghosts real? Oh, sometimes. All right. Yeah, Pat? all right. One hundred percent. All right. And uh Pat, midsummer or hereditary? Hereditary. Uh, nice, Allison. I knew I knew you were going to say that. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> hereditary. hereditary. Oh, across the board. All right. I knew, All right. I Good knew job. You, were you guys say, won. I knew you were going to say. I knew you were going to say hereditary because of the way that you talked about shadows and lighting earlier. When you were talking about that and the way things look in horror films, I, I was thinking back to it. I was like, when the Sinister Six comes along, I bet he's going to say hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff these days is too bright. That's midsummer. Yeah. I would have been that's my favorite, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I had stills from um, Hereditary in our lookbook. So 100. Oh, nice. Definitely. I, my, my choice is Hereditary, too. Like, I love Midsummer. like, as an art piece. It's, 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 it's gorgeous. And I, and, I, and I think it's probably, like, one of, like, the better, really better built, better, really better built movies I've ever watched. Um, but Hereditary is just such a killer horror movie. You know what I mean? And, like, they didn't pull any punches there knocking kids heads off and people are crawling <laughs> up walls and like, yeah when you go at kids like that's that, that's ballsy and I'm, you, you get respect from me like that's why halloween 3 is my favorite oh yeah <laughs> and the halloween the halloween remake man the first one that the first one that michael myers kills is a fucking kid in the car I, when that happened i was like god damn like you were just going all for it michael no <laughs> wow I, I talk about jaws a lot on the show but um Gotta remember Steven Spielberg back then, before he was like big time Steven Spielberg, he put a ten year old kid to that shark, and that that, that had to be that was like I, getting that green lit 
must have been an interesting conversation. <laughs> like it, that he could like pull off killing that shark or killing that kid with a shark, you know? Yeah. I was that part actually. Mm, yeah. And the mom comes down all upset and smacks them, and you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> like it's, it's it's a drag. Um, it's a very nuanced, a very very nuanced reaction to feeding right. your child to a shark. <laughs> you dick! Like, why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, recommendations. Oh, I've got Pat. one. Uh, oh yeah. Unless no, go for go for it. I'm trying to think. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to recommend, I, I may have recommended this before, but it's my favorite uh, sitcom of, of all time, Happy Endings. Um, I think it just hit Netflix, but it's on HBO. Um, it, it's the best. It, it's like the, uh, the way better friends. It's got an incredible cast. Uh, uh, Casey Wilson and Adam Pally and uh, Elijah Cuthbert. It, it's incredible. It's the funniest, best sitcom uh, ever, as far as I'm concerned. Watch that. Cool. <laughs> Uh, I could follow that with another kind of comedy <laughs> that I would. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just finished watching Hacks on HBO Max. And oh yeah, love it. Just finished it last night, and it's so good. Gene Smart's so good in it. Highly recommend it. I watched that too. Um, yeah, I love that. that Do you show. like it? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I found that the the scenes with the agent and the agent's assistant totally weird. Like they didn't fit the rest of it. However, they made me laugh. So it was all good. Um, I'm going to go way back and talk about like a 10 year old canceled show, but Enlightened with Laura Dern. Mm. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I just rewatched it during the pandemic and it totally holds up. It kind of gets a bit plot driven in season two because I think they knew they were getting canceled and wanted to make their point. But as season one is like a character piece of like a basket case, dark comedy, woman trying to, you know, change the world, but her own personality gets in the way. It's sort of my jam. So I really recommend Enlightened. I think it's one of the best TV shows ever made. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Um, I will go with mine. Uh, I'm going to go two different recommendations here. First one is a movie. Uh, it's on Shudder. It's called Reunion. Um, and it just came out, I want to say like two weeks ago on Shudder. Uh, and I think it's really cool. It's a, it's a psychological thriller, um, psychological horror. It's about a woman that is uh, pregnant, goes back home to her family home to reunite with her mom that she is estranged from. And then it goes from there and goes to horror movie places. So I was just, uh, yeah. And it's I, saw, like I was a little iffy on that one. It looked, it looked like it could go either way. It's solid. It's, it's not. I right, mean, yeah, right. it's 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 a good like Shutter is kind of known for that where it's like 50 50. It's either going to be really good or it's going to be like just, ah, well, I watched a movie, you know, but this one is this one's solid. Um, and then the other thing, since we're talking about uh, series, um, one of my favorite series around, you can still uh, stream it. And I really wish that it would have gotten a final season. Um, Happy which mm. is the one with Christopher yeah. Maloney, mm. which is absolutely batshit fucking crazy. And it is an awesome show. And I, to this day, it's one of the ones that I really wish would have gotten its final season that it should have gotten. But yeah, it's hilarious show. It's gory. It's full of action. It's funny. And Christopher Maloney, I also think is a very underrated actor that needs to be in a lot more things that are not Elliot Stabler. So totally. <laughs> And doesn't the internet love his bum? Yeah, they love his ass. They love his ass. <laughs> it's He's not just filming. the internet; it's me too. So <laughs> no, seriously, I've actually I said this uh, on Twitter. It got posted around because he films the show, the Law and Order, um, the Law and Order new show, the new one, the organized crime show. He films it here in New York, and actually in Brooklyn, he films it in Brooklyn. And there was just a bunch of pictures of his ass going around. And it was just like, I started retweeting him. I was like, I'm going to be honest. This is a magnificent ass. Like, this yeah. is, 
It's pretty good ass. ass. <laughs> yeah. Very impressive. It's like he yeah, might yeah. squat for eight hours a day. Insanely <laughs> <laughs> impressive, but good for you, Christopher Maloney. <laughs> right. Yeah. Amazing. I, 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 like the funny thing is, I don't even usually like like propaganda shows. Like like you know, I mean, I like. I should I should back up and say that I actually do like um, you know those kinds of like I liked you know, CSI and and uh, that was like my quarantine show and stuff like that but i love stabler like he's just like in like kind of the more terrible cop he is you start like rooting for it it's like the weirdest like it's the weirdest <laughs> like fictional bad cops so much fun real bad because he, wear, he wears his, he wears his bad cop demons on his sleeve yeah it's and true. like he's not he's not even remotely a liar about it he's like no no i'm a shitty person when i'm a <laughs> shitty person like for sure it just shows it to you. But what's what's good about Happy though is it really does expose him and how great of an actor he is, and um, and and apparently how great of an ass he has. So good for him, um, <laughs> uh, for keeping it alive this long. Because um, let's get real: does anybody want to watch a SVU that doesn't have him in it? Like I remember the no. other guy. I don't even know the name of the other guy. Like I'm sure he's a nice guy and a good actor, but like I don't even like really care about him. Or if I see him, in an yeah, SVU, yep. I'm not, not going to watch. It. Um, <laughs> uh, my choices are. Um, this is going to be kind of like crazy, you know. But both of them are going to be kind of like bad things that like I kind of like um, I kind of like. Um, uh, I'm going to go like I read this article about how Blink 182 um, yes. um, changed the American dialect by their popularity in the 90s, changed the American accent. And I read this whole thing about how linguistics called the California shift and the popularity of pop punk in the early 90s, like shifted how we speak and they kind of broke it down and how Blink um, did. And it reminded me of the story of Blink when I saw them in like 97, because I'm um, kind of an old punk fuck guy. And, uh, um, and I saw them at a small venue in Portland and between songs, some idiot kid yelled out the, uh, a, a slur, a homophobic slur. And um, just because that's what idiot kids did at those shows then, oh no. Um, and they stopped and they were like, we hear one more word of hate, we're out of here. Huh. And and like and even though their 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 music is like sort of like teenage uh, boy sort of like stick and fart uh, jokes mostly, they, they, right? But <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. um, but but for them to be like policing that moment, I am certain that that crowd of people that was the first time somebody was like, we're not going to use that sort of words. I mean, that was probably the first time that, that crowd had been told no. And um, and so like it, it got me thinking of the blink and it's uh, and it's bigger um, bigger wave. So I'm going to suggest the first blink records out of. Uh, oh my god, that's amazing! <laughs> that's <good. laughs> I love uh, it. Um, musically, they're they're good. Um, but, uh, I celebrate their entire catalog. I I I would just like to say that I love that story. That's a lovely story. Seriously, and also I think that Travis Barker schooling children on not saying homophobic slurs. Is kind of like the truck nuts being the good guy of that story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say that this was pre-Travis Barker. Yeah, Travis this wasn't was, in the band. Man. Travis, Travis, that was, Travis wasn't the original drummer. So, uh, well, was, Mark uh, and Tom also. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, also, you know who I've seen um, say uh, say a similar sort of thing was Ice T. Believe it or not, speaking to SVU. Um, nice. Oh, he's uh, big about that. He's yeah. very big about that. Actually, yeah. yeah. He does not. He does not take that shit at all. Yeah. He no, he is, yeah. So, that, so. Um, so good. Uh, good on Ice T. I saw them on their first body count tour, and uh, he had a he had an entire conversation. About it. Um, but uh, didn't he first appear in Breakin? The yes. Breakin movie. Yes. He did. Yes. Yeah. So I feel like if you were on the Breakin set, you are you're you're chill. You're a good person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> Except for Jean Claude Van Damme, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, although Jean Claude looks fantastic sitting he like Like he's Christopher Maloney. Watch out. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I am going to, as a movie, just to make Graham really unhappy, I am going yeah. to suggest Annabelle Comes Home. I had never oh. watched it. I had never watched it, and it is so terrible, but it is so like what you like in bad horror. It is just such a simple stupid movie but like i just like 
it is just good like brain candy horror and sometimes i need that you know what i mean sometimes we just need that simple simple thing and it's just a bunch of kids fighting ghosts and like that that movie did exactly what it advertised it was going to do and exactly. that is the whole fucking house and everything <laughs> on the inside of it is going to go batshit crazy right and then everybody's going to jump at spooky noises like that's yeah. all that movie was and that's yeah. all it should have been and like and it, right if they pulled it out of like the 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 conjuring universe and they just made it something like that i think everybody would have loved it but since it's hooked to that thing it's, it's judged on that level um i don't know i thought it was fun so many boos. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, thank you uh, both for joining us so much. Uh, Allison, yeah, I, thank I, you. I, this I, is I, awesome. I really, I, I really appreciate it. And, um, and thank you for doing uh, that work and, um, and, um, and offering something different. And I think, you know, when you look at movies like this and get out and, you know, and hopefully more in the future and we see that there's uh, more opportunity for the showcases and we can, you know, um, you crack those, uh, crack those old, uh, those old walls that this society has built. So thank you so much. And also, I think I think it's rarely said that a horror movie is important, and I think that's what this one was. Yep. Like it, the way yep. that you guys did it, the way that you guys framed it, the way that the story is, like all of it. I think it is an absolutely important horror film that will stick around for years. I think it's going to be one that people talk about um, for a long time. Uh, for what it is both just in the quality of it and the importance of the subject matter for the time that we live in in society so you guys have done a really really awesome thing with this movie yeah jonas recommended it to me and then like i i watched it and the second i was done i reached out to pat and he <laughs> so thank you so much for also bringing allison too so great yeah i'm glad i saw because it we weren't like following each other on Instagram. It went to like the thing that I never check and I just checked it and I was like, oh, cool. So I'm glad I saw it and we, we cause this has Me been too, great. Yeah. yeah, it's been a lot of fun. And so um, it's so lovely uh, to hear your kind words on the film. It's much appreciated. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for, you know, doing the show and also just for making the movie. So yeah, yeah. thank you guys. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Well, come on back next uh, time where we'll uh, talk about new horror-related subjects and such. And um, thank you for tuning in this week. We have been another goddamn horror podcast. Uh, remember to go out there and uh, love each other, be nice to your community, uh, support your people, and start some fires and break some glass. Thank you so much. Awesome.